Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Over this past summer, I had a delightful experience of teaching internationally for Gateway Seminary. Our Doctor of Ministry program has established an international component with some international cohorts of students who meet really from all around the world, and they meet all around the world. Now, technology has made it possible for us to do this cohort uh, more easily. We're teaching some of the courses in person by sending professors to various places in the world and gathering students there. We're also teaching it uh, by Zoom and by other means so that we can gather the students without them having to travel and without the expense of us having to send professors uh, all over the world. So this combination approach is proving to be quite effective. We found that when we start a new group, it's always best if at the front end of that experience we can have an in-person learning uh, class or an in-person learning cohort so that the students can get better connected to each other and, of course, better connected to their professors and to the seminary. So this summer, I was invited to teach the uh, first uh, seminar in a series for our Doctor of Ministry students. Now, I've been teaching this seminar off and on at Gateway since 1993. So it was not the teaching of the seminar that was new for me, but it certainly was teaching it in this international context and with this international cohort that gave it some new dimension. I was able to travel to Istanbul, Turkey, and arriving there, uh, the students from the cohort gathered literally from all over the world to take advantage of the class. We had students from Thailand, Nepal, Qatar, France, Poland, and Japan, and then a few from the U.S. who also made the trip. Now, when you hear me list off those countries, you may wonder, well, why did all of those people from all of those places come to, Italy, or to Turkey uh, for the seminar? Well, it's just because, quite frankly, that was one of the few countries in the world that all of these people could travel to safely and without restriction in order to be able to gather together to study. And so uh, the students came from all over the world, and we gathered in Istanbul for an eight-day learning experience, going all day, every day. Now, this was one of the most rewarding teaching experiences I've ever had. As I said, I've been teaching this same seminar since 1993. That's almost 30 years. But this particular group of students was so insightful, so challenging, so enjoyable because of their leadership experiences, uh, because of their uh, passion and commitment, uh, because of their eagerness to learn. But it was also remarkable because of the global context or the global perspective that they brought to the seminar. Now, thanks for bearing with me through this rather long introduction, but that's really the point of today's podcast. I want to talk with you about the importance of maintaining a global perspective as a ministry leader, and then I want to talk with you about some practical ways that you can develop a more global perspective on your role and in your responsibilities as a leader. So why is a global perspective for leaders so important? Why does a global perspective matter? Well, the first reason is, of course, theological. That is, God is 
global. God is a global God. He is not just an American God or a Western God. He's God of the whole world. He himself has a global perspective on all that he's created and all that is. And because God has this perspective, as his followers, and certainly as leaders who are giving direction to his followers, we must share that same global perspective. Now, as a corollary to this, God is global. It's also important to remember that truth is also global. In other words, what's true in Seattle has to also be true in Singapore and Sydney and Shanghai. Truth has to be truth everywhere for it to be true at all. And so a part of developing and maintaining a global perspective, one of the reasons why it's so important is because God is global and his truth is global. You know, one of the other uh, challenges that this kind of understanding confronts is this narrow parochial view that so many of us co can so easily have about our lives and our ministries, our churches, and our communities. So when we remember that God is global and that truth is global, meaning God is the same everywhere and so is his truth, it helps us to understand why a global perspective is so important. A second reason that it's important for you as a leader to maintain a global perspective is that Christianity is a global movement. You know, it is so easy to think of Christianity uh, just as we are experiencing it. We think of Christianity in the terminology and the vocabulary that we use. We think of Christianity, and especially as it's expressed itself in churches, as being the kinds of churches that we attend or the kinds of churches that are in our community. But when you think of global Christianity, you recognize, you begin to recognize just how diverse God's people are and just how many different kinds of Christians and expressions of the church there are in the world today. I think about some of the churches that I've attended over the years traveling around the world. Of course, I've been to large megachurches here in the United States and also large megachurches in other countries like Korea and Nigeria where there are large church buildings and super gifted communicator pastors and uh, staffs of ministers and uh, the, the, uh, the power that comes from the economy of scale as ag money and people are aggregated and so much is, is able to happen. I've also been able to tour uh, Christianity from a, another perspective where there's uh, very small churches. I've been to church, for example, under a mango tree in India. That was a delightful service with about 40 Indian believers. And then when the service was over, they clipped a few mangoes out of that tree, and we sat around and shared mango together uh, in fellowship after the service, cut right out of the tree that had given us shade while we worshiped. And I've also been to church uh, in a hut before, and I've been to church in uh, small uh, rented facilities, and I've been to church that met in public places like restaurants and even schools. 
I've been all around the world, and I've seen the church express itself in all kinds of ways, with all kinds of different facilities, all kinds of different structures, and all kinds of different uh, personalities, and all kinds of different leadership styles, and even all kinds of different worship styles. I have heard fully voiced, robed choirs in several countries. I've heard what some might consider high church music with organs and orchestras and choirs. And I've also heard native instruments and drumming and rhythmic singing in Africa and around the world. The church expresses itself and Christianity expresses itself in so many different ways. And it's important for you as a ministry leader to, ma- to remember that Christianity is global. It's so easy just to see Christianity through the lens of your little world. Now, that's another reason uh, why it's so important to have a global perspective, is that a local and personal perspective is often one-dimensional. causes you to think that everyone has to be like you, think like you, sing like you, preach like you. That everyone has to do things, if they don't do them like you, in a way that you will like or enjoy or be comfortable with. But when you go to when you, when you adopt a global perspective, you recognize how one-dimensional your perspective really is, and how important it is to learn to value so many other ways. You know, I had an experience with this recently that really wasn't part of the church. Uh, near our home here in California, there's a fellow that's developed a pop-up taco stand. Now, it's not a taco truck. There's no truck in sight. He pops up a couple of uh, tent-like awnings and then fires up his grills and his, uh, 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 his other cookers, uh, has, has a way to keep food cold as well, sets up a, a, a few tables for people to assemble their food. And the most amazing thing about this pop-up taco stand is how many people he's attracting. I mean, it's not uncommon to go by there in the evening and see 10, 15 people waiting, stacked up in line to get up to buy tacos from this man at this taco stand. The quality of what he's doing must have spread like wildfire through our community because so many people want to line up there to eat. Now, the reason this is significant for this presentation is because the first time I drove by there, I remember thinking, who would stop and eat at a pop-up taco stand? Who would do that? Who would take the risk of getting sick from eating that food? Who, who would assume that something like that would be good and take the risk of having it for a meal? Who, who would go on a property that looks like he's sort of a squatter on it? Honestly, he doesn't own this corner lot. Who, who would go on that and buy from him? All those thoughts went through my mind. But then I realized how one-dimensional I was being about how food should be prepared and served and cooked and presented. And I thought, Lord, what's wrong with me that I'm that one-dimensional? That I can't see another way of doing something as simple as selling tacos. And so it's important for you to have a global perspective because God is global, which means his truth is global. Christianity is global, which means there are going to be myriad expressions of the church all around the globe that are going to be unique and different and 
geared toward the culture in which they're located. And having a global perspective is so important because it confronts your one-dimensional thinking and your one-dimensional way of understanding so much about our world. Now, let me give you just one more reason why I want to challenge you to develop a global perspective. And that is because at its core, a narrow perspective is very selfish. And if it's not selfish, it's at least self-focused or self-absorbed. You know, when you see the world only one way, your way, when you want everyone to sing, preach, pray, eat, fellowship, work, your way. It's easy to think your way is the right way and to be judgmental and condemning of anyone who does it differently than you do. But developing a global perspective confronts this kind of self-absorbed, self-centered, self-focused, shall I say it, selfish perspective on ministry and life and people. And so today I want to challenge you to develop a global perspective. And I've laid out for you some reasons why I think this is important. Now, let me see if I can give you some ways that you can do this. Now, you're already thinking, well, yeah, you started the podcast with one great way. You went overseas to teach for Gateway Seminary, but I'm not going to have that opportunity. Well, you may not. But that doesn't mean you can't do what I did this summer, and that is take some specific, intentional, concrete action to change your perspective, open your mindset, widen your viewpoint, and create a global perspective. So let me be, or let me give you uh, five suggestions on how you can develop a more global approach to life, ministry, church, etc. First, be a learner. Be inquisitive. Have a high sense of wonder. Ask questions. Look into things. Now, I know this comes more naturally for some of us than others. And in our family, for example, uh, I sometimes take good-natured teasing from my children because they say that every vacation I plan is like a school field trip on steroids. They're like, Dad, we just want to go somewhere and hang out. And I say, that's great. But while we're hanging out, let me take you to show you this. Because this is significant. This is a place where something significant happened. This is a document that helped change the world. This is the home of a person whose life shaped all of us. This is something you want to know about, want to experience, want to see. My family often teased me, well, Dad, is this going to be a vacation or a field trip on steroids? So I confess, I am a very inquisitive person. I like learning. I like investigating things. I like finding out new facts. I like seeing different perspectives. I am curious. And I would challenge you to develop that same uh, pattern or that same way of thinking. That you would see yourself as a learner, a lifelong learner. Someone who wants to know about other people, other places, other perspectives. Someone who really wants to know a more global viewpoint and understand a more global perspective so that you might not be so narrow and one-dimensional. So the first step that I want to challenge you to take to develop a global mindset is to simply be curious. 
Be a learner. Be inquisitive. Ask questions. Look into things. Try to find new information. Look for experiences that help you to understand people and places and movements and backgrounds and history in new ways. Now, you don't have to take it as far as I do. You don't have to go so far that your children say that you plan every vacation like a school field trip on steroids. Wouldn't say you have to go that far. But do develop this kind of curiosity about what's going on in other places and from other viewpoints than yours. Second, the second thing you can do to develop a global perspective is what I did this summer, and that is you can travel. Now, there's at least a couple of kinds of travel that you can work on that will help you with global perspective. First of all, uh, you can travel on what are commonly called mission trips, where you and a group go somewhere else in the world and experience another culture and really work hard at accomplishing something meaningful for the kingdom of God while you're in that context. Certainly nothing wrong uh, with that kind of experience, and it does help you to have a more global perspective. Of course, the other kind of travel that you can do is vacation travel or leisure travel. Now, I realize that traveling internationally in this way can be very expensive, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I have a friend who has taken his children to Iceland and taken his children to Europe very inexpensively. Uh, both times, he was able to scout the Internet and find round-trip tickets for his family for $200 per person to these locations. Uh, both in the times that he finds these sales, those sales usually last a day or sometimes even half a day, but when they're out there, he buys those tickets because not only does he want to travel in, on mission trips and other kinds of ministry opportunities, he also wants to travel uh, for vacation and for leisure. And he knows that in order to do that, you've really got to be super aggressive about finding the financial way to make it happen. But he is committed to doing that. And because of that, he's been able to take his children to see the parts of the world that uh, they might not have even imagined being able to see if it weren't for their father's creativity and ingenuity. Now, when you travel internationally, there's several things that you want to experience that will help to shape your understand your global understanding uh, of relating to people and of doing ministry. First, when possible, engage with the languages of the world where you're traveling. Uh, my wife does a good job with this. When we travel anywhere, she wants to know, how do you say please and thank you and excuse me? And simple questions like, uh, you know, which way is this event or this activity or where is the bathroom or may I see a menu? She memorizes these phrases in other languages. And when we go, even though she stumbles through it sometimes, she does her best to let people know, I want to know who you are and I want to know who you are and speak to you if I can in, on your, in your own language, on your own terms. Another way to really uh, uh, connect globally and to enculturate yourself or to experience culture is, of course, related to food. Now, this is such an interesting thing because I laughingly say that uh, I want to go somewhere there's no McDonald's, uh, but I have hardly been able to find that place. Now, in the last years, most of my seminary travel means that I've been to major cities in different locations outside the United States. And in every one of those major cities that I go to, I find myself looking up at the golden arches of a McDonald's or the Starbucks logo staring down at me. Why? 
because when you go to these places around the world, these American companies are there and they're selling product. Now, it's interesting. You might think, oh, well, they're only selling to Americans in those locations. Well, I think some of you know my favorite burger place is Five Guys. And we found ourselves in London once and we were hungry and tired and quite frankly, just in need of a little comfort break. And I said, let's find the Five Guys. There's like, I think, 22 of them in London. We found one very close to where we were uh, we were sightseeing. We went in. I thought, oh, gosh, I feel so bad going into an American fast food restaurant in another country. But I walked in there, and the place was packed with Brits. I think I was the only American there. And what I realized was that just like I like to go out for Chinese food from time to time, uh, and uh, Chinese people have Italian restaurants in Taiwan that they like to go out to eat, that sometimes Brits like American food or some other kind of food. And so they came out to the five guys. Well, anyway, I'm telling you the story to say, when I travel internationally, I intentionally do not eat at places like that. Now, I know that one time I did go to five guys. I'm not saying I've never done it. But if I see a local kiosk or a local little restaurant or a local little shop, I want to go and eat there, not at the McDonald's next door. Why? Because I want to experience food, and I want to experience the people who serve it to me, and I want to learn about culture from that kind of experience. And then also, I just want to pay attention to the customs, the mores, the, the, uh, the ways of acting in different places and see you know, how things are done and how they're done differently. I know just one of the basic questions I try to get answered before I go to any place in the world is, is tipping a part of the culture? You know, in the U.S., when you're served a meal, you're expected to leave a tip for the servers. But in some countries in the world, they add that to your, your, uh, your bill before you pay it. And in other places in the world, it, you're, they're offended by that kind of uh, cash being given to them. It's kind of even demeaning, so you don't want to do that. So that's a custom that I want to find out about uh, before I go. Uh, here, here's another one that's pretty simple. I want to find out if when I go into a restaurant, if I have to order at my table or order at a counter. I got into a situation once where I thought, why can't I get any service in this place? And then I realized, oh, because you came in and sat down. And this is one of those cultures where you order the food first and then they'll bring it to you. And it's the same thing on paying for food. On this last uh, trip that I was out of the country, I was reminded that some countries uh, they bring you the bill just like they do in America. But in other countries, uh, they say, no, you need to go up to the cash register or up to the uh, desk and pay there. And so it's always important to know that these different countries have different customs. Now, remember, uh, this is not a podcast about learning all the customs. This is a podcast about helping you to understand that not everyone in the world does everything the same way you do. And the, the fact that they do things differently doesn't make things right or doesn't make things wrong in terms of especially these kinds of customs I'm describing today, but does serve as a strong reminder to you to have a global perspective. So the first step that you can take to becoming a more global leader is to be curious, just to be a learner, to pay attention and to be inquisitive. The second step is to take advantage of travel. Of course, mission trip travel, but also not ruling out the possibility vacation travel and leisure travel and when you do that pay attention to things like language and food and customs so that you can remember <clears throat> that the whole world does things differently than you do and that's okay now let's talk about a third way that you can 
become a more glo- have a more global perspective. This won't cost you anything. You don't have to go anywhere. But you do have to be intentional about how you intake information, particularly news and cultural information. I want to challenge you to add to your media intake news from global news sources. For example, BBC or uh, British newspapers or Hong Kong newspapers or something like that where you are taking in news from a different perspective. Now, I don't spend hours every day doing this, but as I've told you in other podcasts, uh, I have a setup on my iPad that has uh, news feeds that I've subscribed to or that I've selected, and I get stories from that on a daily basis. So I've selected some international sources, and they feed stories of interest to me from those sources, and I scan through them on a regular basis. And I'm not saying that every day I read a certain number of stories from a certain number of news agencies outside the U.S., but almost every day I look at at least one. And it reminds me that there are other people in the world who have a different perspective than I do that are reporting news and considering public information and looking at global events, and they're seeing it through a different lens than I do. And this kind of media intake from global news sources, even though it's limited but consistent, helps me to have a more global perspective. Helps me to see things from a different vantage point in the world and to remember that there are people out there who do see the world differently than I do. Well, here's another way that you can develop a more global perspective, and that is by developing some significant ministry partnerships. Now, of course, uh, in our Southern Baptist denomination, we have a wonderful partner in the International Mission Board, and they are continually uh, sending us information and funneling information to and through us with uh, printed material and video and other uh, uh, media that helps us to see the world and to see what our partners are doing all around the world in trying to reach the people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I certainly mean that, having that kind of ministry partner helps you have a more global perspective. But another way to have this kind of ministry partner is to develop your own relationships with ministry leaders from different cultures, ethnicities, backgrounds, countries, or uh, cultures. For example, uh, as a part of the association where your church is located or the state convention, perhaps, where your church is working, or if you're in a different denomination than Baptists in the diocese or in the uh, in the synod or, or in the gathering or group, however you may define it, of churches in your area, investigate to see if there are some leaders from other countries, cultures, ethnicities, backgrounds that you could develop relationships with so that you might learn to have a different and a more global perspective. You know, I live this daily at Gateway Seminary where I have Chinese leaders and Korean leaders and Hispanic leaders and African-American leaders and I'm in constant dialogue with these, with these men and women. And when something happens in our world, I'll sometimes ask one or more of them for their perspective on what's going on. And sometimes their perspective is similar to mine, but other times it is very different. They see, hear, feel, think things about global events that are quite different than I might naturally think. But having their perspective helps shift my perspective and give me a more global perspective. And then finally... A fifth thing you can do to have a more global perspective is just make some friends from different places in the world. 
friends who've lived in other places, friends who've come from other places, friends who've worked in other places. Just make friends with some people who have some different perspectives on what's going on in our world. These friends can be ministry friends, work friends, neighborhood friends, just friend friends. People that you share life with, that you want to have an opportunity to talk with about different things happening in the world, knowing they will give you a different perspective, which will shape your global perspective. Well, what I've tried to say on the podcast today is that to be a more effective leader, you really have to move away from a one-dimensional view of seeing the world of seeing the world the way you want it to be and the way you like for it to be. And to recognize a more global perspective is a healthier perspective as a ministry leader. Look, God is a global God and his truth is true everywhere. Christianity is a global movement and because of that, the church takes many expressions in many places. You have to move away from the selfishness of seeing the world through a monovision lens of only how you want it to be and instead have a global perspective of the incredible variety, dynamic, wide-ranging perspectives that God has and that you can have on his world. So in order to get there, be a learner, be inquisitive and curious, travel when you can, mission trips, leisure trips, vacation trips, Take in media from various places in the world. Develop some ministry partners that you can learn from, share with, grow by learning from their perspective. And finally, just make some friends. Some people who are different than you that you can share life with and learn how to have a broader perspective. Good ministry leaders have a global perspective. They move away from a one-dimensional view of how they see the world, and they see it in much broader terms. I want you to work on this as you lead.